0: Hey, welcome back. Uh, in just a moment, we'll be speaking with uh, Derek Miller and why we ought to be paying more attention to rural Utah and how it's time for a rural renaissance, as he describes it. But i got to tell you uh, something I just saw. Uh, Fox News right now is uh, covering a story uh, which is pretty much encapsulated in some infrared footage of the southern border. What you see is it's that black-and-white type of night-vision goggle-type view, and you can see a portion of border wall, and you see some activity up at the top. Someone has climbed to uh, the, the top of the fence and and then held uh, over the side uh, a toddler, a young toddler. Uh, and then the, the 14-foot fence uh, is, well, the smugglers toss the baby over the top. It lands on the U.S. side. And then uh, another smuggler climbs up and uh, has another toddler in hand and uh, very generously leans forward a bit so the fall's not as drastic. And once the two uh, youngsters are on the U.S. side, uh, you see a backpack maybe heaved over. And then uh, what is visible on the, uh, on the southern side of the border, you see uh, two what appear to be adult males uh, running running away, leaving those two toddlers alone. There's a funny thing, years ago someone told me that once I became a a father that I would look at this stuff differently, it would hit me differently, and man, oh man, was that not a better evidence than uh, what I witnessed just now. Think what you will, you know, we could debate immigration and all that, uh, but that's uh, for uh, another day. Uh, What we ought to focus on somehow is Uh, decency. There is decency, there is humanity, there is just not being an an evil son of a gun that somehow needs to get purged uh, from some of the most nasty on this planet. Who treats a kid that way? I'll get some of the details on exactly what we saw. Uh, Border Patrol has uh, some reporting on what they saw and what came afterward. Later on in the program, I'll give you those follow-up details. Uh, But right now, uh, let's, uh, shoot, I'm sorry to bring things down there. Uh, Let's let's lighten them up a bit. Uh, Let's lighten things up a a, a little bit. There's optimism ahead, and uh, we have good reason to celebrate here in the great state of Utah. We are on a good path. We are uh, on our way to emerging successfully from uh, what we have endured uh, over this past year plus uh, during the COVID pandemic and to help talk a a little bit about that and uh, especially where we should be focusing some of these resources and some of our energies as we continue down this successful return to uh, normalcy. I'm joined by Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. Uh, Derek, welcome to the program. How are you?
1: Doing well, Lee. Always good to be with you. I know you're counting down the days, so I consider myself honored to have a chance to speak with you.
0: Well, uh, the the honor's mine. We wrap things up tomorrow, and I've uh, over this past year and a half enjoyed uh, our conversations here on the program and the insight uh, that you bring and the passion that you feel for uh, this great state of Utah. Uh, you you in the Deseret News from the other day have published a piece titled "Utah's Economy Needs a Rural Renaissance." Let's start with our definitions. What's a rural renaissance?
1: Well, you referenced the pandemic, and one of the things that we've learned through the pandemic is that the economic impact did not hit every region of our state the same way or every industry the same way. Some of the extractive industries were were hit particularly hard. But, you know, it wasn't just the pandemic where we had that unevenness. Uh, Even pre-pandemic, when Utah's economy was heralded as the best in the nation— We had, as you will recall, uh, the lowest unemployment rate in the nation, less than 3 percent, 2.7 percent. Yet we still had some counties, rural counties, that had nearing double-digit unemployment. And so when I wrote this piece about the rural renaissance, what I was really talking about was the fact that we've got to figure out a way, we've got to have a big vision, and we've got to have a plan to match that big vision for how we can even uh, figure out some of that unevenness in the economic prosperity the state is experiencing,
0: as uh, announcements like the ones that came yesterday from President Joe Biden uh, about you know a big chunk of money to. Uh, Be spent on on jobs and infrastructure. When you when you have the the rural concerns and the desires uh, and the priorities for uh, Utah's rural areas, and you hear announcements like this and dollar figures like this coming from Washington, where are your uh, focuses? What are you paying most attention to?
1: Well, infrastructure is is really important, especially as it relates to rural Utah. One of the things that I wrote about in the Deseret News column was the fact that the Wasatch Front has benefited from some incentive structures that were built up over decades, and certainly infrastructure would be at the top of that list. And so if we're talking about evening things out and and building up some incentive structures in rural Utah, we ought to be talking about infrastructure. I would put on that list, uh, probably right at the very top of it, uh, the fact that we need high-speed Internet access throughout the entire state we probably think we're doing pretty well, but the fact is is that at last measurement, about 22 percent, that's almost a quarter of the state, who are lacking high-speed Internet access. And with that access uh, comes uh, opportunities for online education, upskilling, reskilling that's so important coming out of this pandemic. And then we've also talked a lot uh, recently, again because of the pandemic, about remote working. I think that's a huge opportunity. I'm a big believer in remote working, but remote working only happens if you are sitting in a place in rural Utah where you can actually get connected.
0: We hear anecdotally around the country stories of, you know, some uh, you know folks who have spent their professional career in the office place in some big city, in a skyscraper, in a cubicle or an office, if they are that lucky. And well, since, since COVID showed up, uh, many of those office places have shut down and remote working has become more of the norm. And looking into the future, there are many uh, companies and businesses that are saying, you know what, uh, you folks want to keep working remotely, go for it. H- are we seeing much of that going for it, uh, translating into folks fleeing to more rural areas, uh, leaning on what Internet access is available to them there? And are, are we seeing like economic impacts on communities, more rural communities yet?
1: We're, we're certainly seeing that in the southern part of our state and in, in other places, what we call the Wasatch back. But it's not necessarily um, what I think needs to happen, and that is more companies along the Wasatch front making detaching those jobs that they have going under centralized workplace and saying, we can have someone in severe help us, we can have someone. In Wasatch County, help us. We can have someone in uh, Kane County help us. What we're mostly seeing in this first wave, Lee, is people moving to Utah because they don't want to be in some of those metropolitan areas like San Francisco, like New York. So they're moving to places like Utah, but they already have that job. That's good. It's positive because it brings talent to our state and it'll pay dividends in the future. But I, I want to see more from our business community along the Wasatch Front looking at people who are already living in rural Utah and how they could work for those companies from those rural communities at a job for a company along the Wasatch Front.
0: That last question I have for you, and again, we're speaking with Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. This is less of an economic question and more of a social one. Uh, you know, the, the, the long-term residents of these rural communities in Utah. Are they excited about this type of shift? Are they excited about folks coming to town and working remotely and changing uh, the, the the way they live their lives? Or are they leery of of outsiders coming in?
1: I, I think you're raising a really important point, And I'm going to hearken back uh, way back to 15 years ago when I first moved to the state of Utah uh, from Washington, D.C. Utah was my home state. So moving back home, to work for the then-new Governor John Huntsman. And I remember uh, Governor Huntsman going out to a lot of rural communities and saying, you need to decide for yourself what you wanna be, what you want to become. And certainly that should never be enforced or forced upon a community from either the state or even uh, government or from the private sector. That ought to be driven by community leaders, by community residents of what they want to become. And the answer may be, you know what, we're happy just the way we are, and that's good, too. Yeah, Uh,
0: Derek, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for chatting with me. Uh, Again, my guest, Derek Miller, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. If you make your way over to Deseret News right now in the opinion section, give a read to his latest piece, Utah's Economy Needs a Rural Renaissance. Derek, thanks again. Thank you. All righty. We'll we'll take a break right now get a little bit of news. And when we return, I'll be joined by... Uh, Someone from the Department of Wildlife Resources, uh, Hunter Education Program Coordinator, Raylene uh, Takeda, will be my guest. And we're going to talk about a pair of instructors who have been on the job for nearly six decades. Six decades they've been teaching hunter safety here in the state of Utah. DWR, though, could use a few more teachers. Maybe that job's right for you. We'll discuss it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.